Praise the Lord. Glory. Uh, so, Pastor, thank you so much for recording. So we're talking about obedience. Hallelujah. Sorry. <laughs> I got very emotional. Uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So obedience, this part two. The subtitle is Be a Sheep and Be Obedient. Be a sheep and be obedient. John 11, 38 to 41. Sorry, Pastor, I sent this you this message late. Um, John, John 11, 38 to 41 in the New King James Version. New King James Version. I interchange between New King James and New Living today. Then Jesus... And Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who had died, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I say, did I, did I, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was, dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you, you have heard me. I encourage you today that you should, you should listen to the first, the first part of this obedience. You know, it's, um, it's very encouraging. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it. But you see, if you look at this story we're talking about today, look at this story. You see, this is the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. You know, there's a lot of lessons from this scripture. But the one that's pertaining to obedience is one I want us to focus on. I want us to look at the conversation between Jesus and Martha and how Martha was obedient. You know, think about this. Lazarus had died for four days. Jesus came into the scene. And when Jesus asked the people to roll away the stone, Martha protested and proceeded to remind Jesus about the, about the obvious. Can you imagine the conversation? I could be the fly on the wall and I can hear, I can understand the conversation. The conversation, and let's just play it out a little bit. Martha to Jesus. Martha says to Jesus, Lazarus, Lazarus is dead now. The body is smelling. It's been four days. You know if you have come, he wouldn't have died. Jesus said to Martha, I know. But if you can believe, you will see the glory. Martha says to Jesus, okay, I believe. Then Martha now says to the people, roll away the stone. So you think about this, you think about this, this story. Martha told us another aspect of obedience. Matter did what? Simply believe. Obedience is simply believing. You see, the first time when this happened, Matter was very reluctant. She, she didn't want to do it. She was, she was reluctant. like, you can't do anything. The dude is dead. But what then happened is Jesus says, if you can only believe, if you can only trust me, if you can only believe what I'm saying here, you will see the glory of God. 
So the thing is, God, some you know, this Lazarus being dead, it could be anything. You could be sick for so long. You could have a chronic sickness. You might have a problem that has been there for years. And God speaks to you and say, during this fasting and praying, or God speaks to you even afterwards and says, if you can only believe. If you can only believe me, you will see the what? You can see the glory of God. And all God wants is what? He wants us to do what? Simply believe. Simply believe. And because when she simply believed, there was an action for Martha. Martha said to them, I believe, now roll away the stone. Now do what? Simply roll away this. Think about it if she, let's look at the, the other side. Supposing she didn't believe. Supposing she said, no, nah, I don't believe this. It's not going to work. Forget about it. Then it means that nothing would have happened. God wouldn't push them. Jesus wouldn't push them out of the way. I said, what do you think? Come on now. Or bamboozle his way. No. He's waiting for you to what? Simply be obedient. So God is looking for someone who will believe him. And when you believe him, you trust him. And when you trust him, you are at rest. You are at peace. You're sleeping like a baby. God simply wants, God wants, to, wants us to simply believe him, believe his word like a little child. Believe is equivalent to trusting. I believe God. I believe you. It means I trust you. God expects us to be like sheep while he remains a shepherd. He wants us to be transformed from a goat or whatever animal you, you some people say, well, you say, well, somebody asks, so what kind of animal do you think you are? Somebody will say, forget, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, whatever, whatever you think that, you know, normally the Bible is, is a goat, you know, you're being transformed a goat to a sheep. A goat wants to do whatever it wants to do. A sheep depends on who? It depends completely. A sheep completely believes. A sheep depends. A sheep trusts the shepherd for everything. From everything, why mean everything? Everything means everything. Does everything I mean everything? Yes. Everything? Yes. Food? Yes. Shelter? Yes. Everything. Let's look at John 10, 1 to 11. No living translation. I pray that you open your eyes, you open your heart to, to really receive because this, this God says, this word is very important. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who, sne who sneaks over the, the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief or a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of, it, of them. He says they follow him because they know his voice. I read that for again. It says, after he has gathered his flock, 
He walks ahead of them. They follow him because they know his voice. They wouldn't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and I'll find good pastures. The thief, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. The, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Um, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. This story of this story of the sheep and the shepherd is very remarkable. We need to know that it is not easy to transform from any animal like a goat to a sheep. And the reason why I say goat is this. Like I said, a goat acts on his own. Think about after the fall of Adam. God says to what? Go and do what? You're going to go toil for yourself. You're going to go fend for yourself. That's a goat. Go and fend for yourself. Go and do, take care of yourself. A sheep is dependent on God alone. A sheep is dependent on God alone. God has taken care of that whole toilet. He says, now you depend on me. For you and I to be a sheep, we need to, pra need to practice and, and be consistent. The shepherd is completely responsible for the sheep. That is, he knows that that's basically his responsibility. The shepherd guides, guides feeds, provides everything for the shepherd. Um, sorry, the shepherd guides, feeds, provides everything for the sheep. The shepherd will also fight to protect the sheep. The sheep is completely reliant on the shepherd. The shepherd has been trained to know the voice of the shepherd. The sheep has been trained to know the voice of the shepherd. You know why I said that? Think about it. When you, when you get, you know, my sister has a cat. And I bet you when they bought the cat, they said, maybe they named the cat, I don't know, maybe let's use the word. I don't know what they called the cat. I think she told me, but I, I can't remember. But, you know, the cat, maybe they called the cat Lizzie or uh, Lisa. I like Lizzie better. Now, say, for instance, you say, Lizzie, Lizzie, the cat is walking away and the cat's like, I don't know who you're talking to. But it's constant calling of that cat's name. Then the cat will understand that, oh, that's, they're calling me. We have a baby, uh, a, a baby girl. And, and when you call her, Sarah, Sarah, she, before she didn't understand. But when you say, Sarah, come over here, she start coming. It's what a constant what a training is a is practice. Practice to hear who? the voice of God. Some people will say, I don't, I, I, I don't know, I can't hear, I don't hear the voice of God. You have to train yourself 
to hear the voice of God. It's a constant thing. You know, it's funny because Samuel went through the same thing. Samuel in the Bible. Let's look at Samuel in the Bible, 1 Samuel 3 to 8. Uh, 3, 1 Samuel 3, 1 to 8. Samuel went through the same thing. There comes, comes a realization that, you know what? God is calling me. He says, meanwhile, the boy, Samuel, served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to, to bed. The Lamb of God had not gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel, yes. Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to who Eli, because he hadn't trained. He, he hadn't trained to, he wasn't trained to know the voice of God. He didn't understand. It comes training because it's critical. Let me tell you something. It's critical now at this time to know the voice of God, especially when we're fasting and praying. How do you know when, when God is speaking to you? Let's keep going. He says, then Saul, he said, again, Saul got up. God called him twice. Again, Saul got up and went to what? Eli. He said, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called him a third time. And it was the third time that Eli then realized that, oh, it is the Lord calling you. The next time he calls you, say, here I am, Lord. Samuel's ear was not trained to hear the voice of God because he didn't know the voice he didn't have understanding of, okay, you know what? This is God speaking to me. Let me react. We need to train our ears, our hearts to hear from God when he calls. And when he does call, we need to instantly what? Obey him. As we train our ears to hear the, the, the voice of God, we need to do what? Obey. In addition, when we hear the voice of a stranger, we know the difference between the stranger and God's voice. And that's why you need to train your, train your ears. You need to train your heart to understand, this is God speaking to me or is this the stranger speaking to me? And a stranger, the enemy speaks to us. I told a, 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 a friend of mine, you know, I said, you know, sometimes the devil will speak to you. He said, but he, he said to me, he says, oh, Pastor Chuka, no, it, the devil don't speak to me. I'm like, come on, hey, don't be so spiritual. Here. The devil speaks to all of us. But it depends on whether you understand is this the devil speaking to you? Or is this God speaking to you? The devil will tell you something contrary to God. He'll tell you something contrary to the word. Sometimes he'll tell you something that is close to the word, that looks like the word, but in it is all life. That's why he's, he's full of deception. He'll paint it so nice. <laughs> he'll paint it so beautifully. But if you think about it, you know it's complete life. Let's look at let's look at an example of this sheep and the shepherd. You know, as I was preparing this, the Lord kind of opened my eyes in this. I really never saw it this way, but God opened my eyes, and I pray that He opened your eyes. Look at First Samuel seventeen twenty. 
So, so David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield which shouts a battle cry. Can you see something with me here? The Bible says what? David was who? Was a shepherd boy. We know that. But here's the thing that we're talking about. He knew a thing or two about what? Shepherding. He knew what it meant to be a shepherd boy. Let's go. Let's move forward. First Samuel 17, 34 to 37. First Samuel 17, 34 to 37. I want to show you the correlation. It says, New Living Translation it says, but David persisted. I have been talking, I've been taking care of my father's watch, sheep and goats, sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this with both lions and bears. I'll do this, I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. David as a shepherd was what? Protecting the sheep from the lions and the bear. Can you see the similarity with what we just read? John 10, 11. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The, the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrificed his life for the sheep. David did what? He sacrificed what? The life of the sheep. He killed anyone that tried to come against the sheep. Jesus, <laughs> David signifies here, Jesus. Is it, is it, is it, in this, you know, it's in the Old Testament. And you know, the Old Testament, Testament talks about Jesus. It's a replica of the new. Jesus and David, there's a similarity. The Israelites signifies you and I. Goliath signifies the issues of life. So the story of David, the Israelites and Goliath is the story of Jesus, you and I, and whatever issues or enemy or problem you're facing. Let me, let me show you. Let, let's look at this, the cherry on the cake. I'm telling you, I, God, when God said to me, I was like, wow, this is, this is truly what the piece of thing that I need and I believe you need. 1 Samuel 17, 37 to 45. 1 Samuel 17, 37 and 45. <clears throat> New Living Translation. 1 Samuel 17, 35, 37 and 45. It says, the Lord who rescued me from the claws 
of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. David replied to the Philistine, you come with me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This is a reminder for you and I that the battle, our battles are not flesh and blood. David said, he says, you come with me with sword, spear, and javelin. You come with me with physical things. But I come with, I come to fight you with the God of heaven and earth. Our battles are not physical in nature. And that's why the sheep is always reliant on the shepherd. We can't use physical weapons to fight spiritual things. The devil is spiritual. He comes at us. And when he comes at us, we don't, we don't use knife and fork. I'll kill you, devil. I'll kill you. No. You waste your time. Look, for instance, if you know your, 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 your wife or your, your husband starts to act strange, and you know, the funny thing is that sometimes we don't understand is not the man that is the problem, is the devil, the enemy that is influencing him. And what we then do is start to attack the person instead of attacking the one behind him. When your boss is acting irrational, when your husband or your, your friend is acting irrational, which is not normal, it is not your boss that is doing it. It's the enemy behind that is inflicting your, that person to do what? To war against you. So you don't start saying, you know, God punish that person. Let the person die tomorrow. No, 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 sir, no man. The key is you attack it on a spiritual level. So that's why you don't use physical weapons to fight spiritual things. The David said it, and that's what the Bible says. The battle is the Lord's. The Holy Spirit is reminding us that as long as we are sheep and Jesus is shepherd, then God is the one who fights all our battles. As a sheep, we need to believe that the shepherd will take good care and the best care of us. David believed that the, the battle is the Lord. And he believed, he believed, he believed the plan of God and the method of God. He did not doubt it. He didn't, he don't doubt the method of God or the plan of God. How he was going to defeat the enemy. He, he, he didn't even cross him, his mind. He did not even second guess the plan. He didn't say, oh, you know what? I'm not, hey, God, you know, this thing, this stone thing you're telling me to use, I don't understand. How are you going to use slow stone, put slingshot and stone? And hey, God, this, this makes no sense. The things of God doesn't make any sense. 
It really doesn't. Think about it. It, it really doesn't make any sense. Think about hear, hear me out for a minute. Think about this. How are you going to live? <laughs> you live a, a church that has 500 people and you're a pastor. Think about this thing for me, or oh, please hear me, or oh, hear me. And whereby you only preach the schedule, my wife and I, once a, once a year, we preach maximum the whole year, we preach two times. Two, three times, max. You're sitting in the, in the, in the, in the, in the sidelines, you're just sitting. And God says, okay, it's time for you to not leave. You leave an organized church. That everything is already there. Then God says, okay, come and plant a church in Princeton. And for like three, four years, there's nobody there. Are you kidding me? This of God doesn't make any sense. But God knows his purpose. He knows why he does those things. <laughs> he knows. He didn't take him by surprise that you're going to be in this, in this call. He never did. He knew it. So when we start to second guess God, all God wants is, uh, Pastor Chuka, I want you to do this. Yes, sir. When do you want me to do it? Now. Good. It's done. That's what happened. This is what happened. David did what? He took the slingshot, take the, took, put, the, put the thing, the stone. Boom. He knew that as soon as he drew that thing, boom, the stone, he threw it, boom, Jesus, you're my helper. The stone, Jesus, fight this battle. That's basically it. The stone, Jesus, cornerstone. He's a cornerstone. He's a stone. Boom. I'm throwing that slingshot. Boom. He's saying, you know what he did? He says, God, I put this in your hands. That's what he said. And you notice that, that the battle was truly the Lord's. Why you say that? Think about it for a second. You know, I know that when you throw a stone in somebody's head, the person does what? Falls back. But why is the person falling forward? The person is falling forward is because look, things, the God does the impossible. The giant was bound down to the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, look, this is, this, is, this is not normal. It's not a normal thing. A small little boy that takes care of the sheep, the shepherd boy, that trusts in the Lord. Because he, he too, he too is what a shepherd, he trusts. He trusts in the Lord. God is saying, trust in me for whatever situation you're going through now. Believe that I have the power. If you read that in, and the Lord didn't want me to read it, but if you read that, the giant, the guy was so tall, he'd come and be making mockery of these people. But one person says what? I'm going to trust God. That's why I said it, it tells us, and God says, we need to do what? Believe. Believe. We need to believe God. We just have to believe God that God will take care of us. We have to believe that the shepherd will take care of the sheep at all 
costs. He will never let you be unprotected. He will never. He knows best. He knows how to do his own things. You say, well, God, why am I going through this? He knows there's victory in the end. There's victory in the end. Our job is to what? Just to believe him and obey him. Isaiah 53.1 says, who has believed our message to whom the Lord revealed his powerful arm? Who will believe the Lord today? Who would side with the Lord today? There's some things you don't understand, but go to the Lord. Forget about trying to do it by yourself. You're no longer a goat. You're a sheep. Trust in God. Trust him totally. Let's look at this scripture. In Psalm, sorry, Pastor, I didn't put it there. Psalm 23 in, in the Passion. I'm just going to read Psalm 23.1 in the Passion. Sorry, I just brought this one on you. But now we read it and we close. I don't have it on me. Just Psalm 23 verse 1. Say, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He tracks, he, his, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, a quaint, a quiet brook of bliss. This is God we're talking about. Look at this verse three, I'll just stop here. It gets me so excited. That's, that's where he restores and revives my life. He opens, he opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. David brought honor to the name of the Lord. We are supposed to bring honor to the name of the Lord. That's why, I, I, you know, somebody was telling me, it's a sad story, but I got excited. I got so excited. I was like, wow. God wants us to live for him, depend on him completely. So that in the end, he will say, good and faithful servant. He will say, good and faithful servant, you have lived for me. That's what God wants us to be. To trust him, no matter what. To depend on him, no matter what. Your enemies are his enemies. <laughs> Don't you know that? Your enemies are his enemies. He doesn't want anything to do. He wants the best for you. So that when is time, which we don't know when, which we do not know when is gonna come for us. But once 
in the end, we can say good. You can say good and faithful servant, you have done well. I don't think I can ever forget that story. I wish. That boy lived for Christ though. Hey! He lived for Jesus. He did. And I'm, I'm praying that we will do and depend on him totally. Totally. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want you to just think about what we just said. Think about what God said to you today. Even though I'm tearing up, is it is it it's 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 joy to hear of someone young. You know, the young sometimes they don't want to the youth, they don't want to, you know, Iboma would say they don't want to hear. But someone you see, somebody that is living for Christ, it's it brings you great joy. I live for Christ. And Jesus met him. <laughs> Jesus came and took him home. <laughs> it, is, it brings great joy to one's heart that God, I want to live like that. I heard about, I heard about the story of, I heard about the story of Idahosa, Archbishop Idahosa, and how he was about to die, and he said, I'm about to, Jesus is right here at the door. I'm about to go, who wants to go with me to heaven? <laughs> Everybody's looking at him like, what are you talking about? The key is that God wants us to live for him. He wants us to depend on him. He wants the best for us. I want you to just submit yourself to him today. I say, God, I submit myself to you today. I submit my heart. I submit my intelligence. I submit everything to you that I want to live for you today. I want to live for you today. I'm moving forward. Your battle is my, my battle is your battle. You are my strength. You're everything to me. And when, see, when you know that it's God that is taking care of your battles, you are at rest. You are at peace. Look, I'm even talking to myself. You are at rest. You, you, you know, there's a forcing. You force yourself to be at rest. You force yourself. When the end, you know it's the enemy. You force yourself. You kind of know who is behind all this. You force yourself. You say, no. The battle is God's. I'm not going to fight this battle. It's not something I fight. I'm not warring against my, my, my brother. 
I'm not worried. There's some, there's in, an enemy, there's an enemy behind. Nice. I'm not saying the person is possessed, but the person is influenced. The person has, I'll open the door for the enemy to sip in, to influence them. So when you understand that, you don't fight that person. You say, God, I put them, I hand them over to you. <laughs> and God, he has the power. He has the ability to change the situation, to change your situation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just give you glory. Hallelujah, glory. Ah. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you glory. We thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Help us to be able to submit ourselves to you completely. Holy Spirit, you are our guide. You are the one that Jesus left <laughs> to guide us, to help us to navigate this life, which we've never passed through. Holy Spirit, I pray that we will always listen to you. And if when we deviate from you, help us to, to go back to you. Help us to believe you. Help us to believe your word. Help us to believe the word of God. Help us to depend on you. Help us to depend on God. Help us to live like Christ lived on earth. Help us to be the sheep. Lord, you know, sometimes we wander off thinking we know best. Mm -hmm. But Lord, I, I pray that, Lord, we will just depend on you. We will depend strictly on you. We will depend on your power. We will depend on your grace. We will depend on your mercy. We will depend solely on you. Lord God Almighty, I pray that we commit our hearts, our intellect, our mind, commit everything, finances, everything into your hands. We are just custodians. We're custodians of our children. We're custodians of your money. We're custodians. We just, you've just, in, and you, you've given these things to us. And he says, now I will tell you when to use them. Help us to just surrender to you. Help us to just 
surrender everything to you. Lord, I know it's, it's, it could be difficult whereby we've been doing things ourselves for 40 years or 50 years. Then now you're telling us today to submit to you. Lord, but there's nothing too, too great for you to do. You can transform us. As you're transforming us today, you can give us the ability to, to actually listen. You can help us. You go, you, you help us step by step. You did with Samuel. You didn't stop calling him because he didn't hear your voice. You kept on calling him until he heard you. Until he tuned in. Help us to always tune in to you too. Father Lord, I pray that, you know, if you come today, that you find us, you will say, good and faithful servant. Lord, you know, I think about Stephen. <laughs> when they were stoning him to death, he saw you standing. He saw you standing. He didn't see nails on your hands, but you saw you standing. Because as you were standing, you were, you were so proud of him. Even though he was going through his own, he was going towards death, but you stood up signifying that you're proud of him. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray. That you'll be proud of us too. That you'll be proud of us too. Just like how you were proud of that young man. <laughs> you'll be proud of us too. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We commit everyone here into your hands. That Lord, during this whole fasting and praying, that they will be able to hear your voice. Amen. And to be doers of your word. Amen. And Lord God Almighty, I pray also. That during these last days, you know, this, this, they say these times, you know, the Bible says these are perilous times. That Lord, through everything, that they will still stand for you. Amen. That they will still, it says in the end, they will be saved. It means in the end, you will still say, you stood for me. Father, Lord, we just give you glory. Thank you, God. Thank you, awesome God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. Amen.